Thank you for downloading this podcast from the Traverse Theatre, Edinburgh. We now join the theatre's associate director and your host, Emma Callender. Hello and welcome to the Travcast. My name's Emma Callender and I'm the Associate Director at the Traverse. And this is my chance to speak with writers about the process of writing. And I'm very excited today because I'm joined by Andy Manley and Ian Cameron, who are the creators of White, which has been touring now um, for four years and has been on an incredible adventure with Andy as the creator and Ian as the collaborator. So hello and hello. welcome. Hello. How are you? <laughs> Great. Yeah. 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 Good, Great good. to be here. It's an exciting week as well, isn't it? Because we've had the 850th performance of White. I know, it's crazy, yeah. isn't it? It's crazy. <laughs> we, had a, we had a party the other day, a small yeah. party with a big cake, and all kind of looked at it and went, 850 shows, that's incredible. <laughs> it's <laughs> wild. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's and crazy. it started its journey here at the, in the Travis uh, Festival in 2010, yeah. Yeah. during the Edinburgh Festival at the Scottish mm. Book Trust as part of Made in Scotland. Yeah. Mm. Great. And since then... Where has it been? What's the adventure been? Yeah, it's been everywhere, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's been, um, I've been seeing the world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we've both been seeing the world and sort of picking places we want to go. Yeah, we've been we've been all over. We've been down to Australia and New Zealand, over to America. We've been played in New York on Broadway. We've um, Taiwan, Taiwan, J- Japan, Hong Kong, um, a lot around Europe, France, Japan, Denmark, yeah. Germany. Uh, where else? Luxembourg. Luxembourg. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, a lot of places. And also around the UK and also and a lot in Scotland. Because when we first did it, we did, I think, about a f- three-month tour after it, didn't we? Something like yeah. that. Three months yeah, in yeah. Scotland. Mm. It's one of the most successful children's shows that has come out of Scotland for a long time, yeah. isn't it? I think yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah, I think it's fair <laughs> to say now. That's okay. Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah, it feels weird. It feels weird to say, but yeah, maybe. So some of our listeners won't have seen the show, and some will. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd just like to ask you, actually, what you think the... Um, I don't know the secret of it is. What you think mm. people love about it. I think, it, I think it's a... I think it's a quite a simple story, but, but it's quite an emotional story. Like, I had a friend in who's seen it before, and she's, she was in earlier today, and she said she really welled up during it. Um, she, in, in a nice way, in a really happy way, but I think it's a simple story that people can understand, um, and it kind of resonates with with the audience, not just with the young people, but with the adults. And, mm. the, and you know, we had a we had a guy in who, who said, oh, "This rec- you represented my family on stage, and I loved that." Um, wow. So you know, it's it's. I think that's really. I think maybe that's what it is. Because the children see it very directly. Adults read other layers into it. Uh, it's yeah. important to say that it's for uh, children between the ages of two and four. Two to four, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I saw it for the first time this morning. And as I was going in, I thought, why? What is it that's <laughs> caught fire around this show? What is it? And it becomes so clear so quickly mm-hmm. what that magic is. And I think the simplicity is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And it's really exciting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think the classic that we get a lot from a, a lot of adults is. Uh, uh, I really enjoyed it, you know, yeah. and and I think that for me that's really important because it's because you're not playing just to the children, and young people. You're playing to the the whole. The, everyone is there, so you have to play to the whole audience. So it has to work for for all the ages that are in there. Mm. Um, and for me, that's really important. I'd like to ask about the creation of the show um, and how it started. Um, 
I was working with Shona Repper at the time on another show called, for early years actually for two to four year olds, called Potato Needs a Bath. Mm-hmm. And, um, and on the way into work, I bought um, an L Decor. And um, I, I quite like a design magazine. They're quite useful just for an image, just to keep on going, oh, that's nice, that's nice. And I looked and I saw there was, there was one page and it was, um, it was to sell basically two chairs and a table, but the stylist had made a room around it and made it out of white muslin. And, uh, and it got stitched in windows and stitched in doors and a single white bulb in the middle. And it was this beautiful kind of white blue. Um, and I thought it's really lovely and simple, and, but what would it be like if it had color in it? And that was my immediate, it was like, it was really beautiful, but what would it look like if you put um, a red ball on the table? What would it look like if the back of the chair was yellow? How would it change it? Mm-hmm. And I showed it to Shona Repper, who I was working with, and she, sa- and she said, oh, I love it. And I was like, we immediately sort of talked a bit, and she said, I think it should have a bit of an installation quality about it. And also we both thought that if you lived in a white world, then the first colour that would come would be red. Yeah. And also, if you lived in a white world, you would need a bin, because it would constantly be getting dirty. <laughs> so so that was it really and we kind of put it put it put it aside and I was meant to be doing a show for Catherine Wheels for five-year-olds and I just didn't really have any ideas and Paul Fitzpatrick who's a producer um, being uh, being sort of, um, forward-sighted said well what would you, what would you what ideas do you have and I said I've got this idea for a baby show and so they'd never done a show for very small children before so um, it seemed a good good possibility and when I was away I was up north when we came back to it again I was I was drawing birdhouses more and more and I thought that and I said I spoke to Shona about it and she actually said you should work with Ian because I'd never worked with Ian Ian's worked for Catherine Wills a lot and um and we both worked for that company we both worked with Shona so and I met him and and well I thought he was an idiot first of all <laughs> <laughs> no I no it was no yeah nothing's changed nothing's, no and um but, I mean Ian's a visual artist so yeah uh, I mean I think that initially I I responded Partly the simplicity of the idea, but also the fact that I'm a visual artist. And so I just love the idea of this uh, exploring colour in a world in which colour um, infiltrated it. Mm. That excited me. So, And, and also I, I think um, it's, it, we, we did go down that route of how does colour change the world? How could cha- you know? It's, you take something that looks beautiful and looks complete, but actually then you show it in a different light. And you go, oh, actually, well, this is probably where it's complete. And... Um, and and I think it would be disingenuous to say we didn't we didn't know that there were other things in, involved in that there were other implications like about segregation or racism or but but they they weren't our primary um, line of mm. inquiry our line of inquiry was how do you how, how does colour change a space yeah it's incredible watching it because my mind goes to oppression to freedom in all of its many different guises and the challenges that come along with that as well but then I look down to to a two-year-old in front of me who's just (laughs) wide-eyed and even that experience I felt was really moving. I mean I think if we had more consciously focused on those aspects it would it would have not it would have lost its simplicity yeah and directness and what was great is when we first, I mean, we've had lots of comments, but when, when we first did the show at the festival, um, there was a little boy who stood up when we put the, the, uh, the red egg in the bin, um, which, is quite, which is quite harsh. Yeah. Um, a little boy just stood up and went, why? Which is a fantastic oh. question from a wow. three-year-old. That he just goes, why? You know, he just he sees it as unjust or unfair. And, he, mm. and, that, and that, I think, is a really eloquent question from, a, from such a small child. Yeah. It sounds like as well the simplicity that 
excited you all to make it in the first place is the same simplicity that you can see the children responding with. Yeah. Yeah. You're all excited yeah. by the same thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. is so honest, yeah. isn't it? How wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when we're playing at Rogsy <clears throat> and I, we, we're always sort of noting each other and saying, let's change this, let's do this, let's try this. Let's. Yeah. They're, they're, they're all quite small things, but they all keep try and keep it fresh and kind of, mm. and we try and delight ourselves as well because it's important, isn't it? So the, you know, the show can be with you, you know, you've got a show in your head for two years to try and make it for, before it comes on. So it's, so it's got to be something that's um, rich enough. And, uh, to sustain 850 performances. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You know I, mean? I think, I mean, it is simple. It has a simplicity. But actually performing it is quite complex, yeah. quite technically. Um, things can go wrong. And, it, and when something goes wrong, it's like everything starts to crumble. You yeah. have to pick yeah, it you up. Yeah, you can't, you can't <coughs> relax on the show at all. Because it's quite precise. Mm. Yeah. I'd like form. to ask, um, in terms of you as writers, um, what challenges are and the differences between writing for um, young people of different ages so you both have experience of creating work for many different age ranges and Mm. I think watching this from two to four was very specific in terms of the language that you were choosing as well as the form of storytelling and it would be interesting to hear more about that than in terms of The Voice Thief which is Catherine Mill's most recent piece for Mm. an older audience from 10 up and also different experiences Pond <coughs> Life McGurk being yeah, yeah, a great yeah. example of um, between the kind of 9 to 12 yeah. age mm. range what's the difference uh, I think the, uh, challenge? Uh, the challenge of it I suppose is uh, trying to keep it as clean and as simple as possible but also I think it's uh, for the two to four it's about it's about it's, it's about creating a visual story and so we storyboarded it we um yeah, we, we sort of essentially storyboarded it first of all and there were little bits of dialogue and we had to make sure that everything that we did would be recognisable to the audience because like, you know, so there's there's um, there's things like, you know, there's a routine in the morning, there's a getting up, there's a getting ready, there's breakfast, there's, it, it always makes me laugh because children say, oh, mummy, daddy's gone to work and work is like this abstract idea that they go out the door <laughs> and they go and do work. They don't actually understand what the work involves but they know the word work and they know that somebody's busy somebody's busy and then they come back and they stop working so we had to keep on sort of checking in like that to kind of make it as as clear as possible and repetition as well yeah mm. is something yeah I think it's important. funny yeah it is important I think it's one of those things a bit buzzword isn't it <coughs> repetition though because it can end up you, people say oh the children like repetition but I think it's important that the repetition is there because they see they see what it was before and then they know it they're familiar with it to see how it's changed mm. it's like a little ritual yeah, it's more like a ritual. Ritual, yeah, that's, really. that's a good word. Yeah. That was really clear in the story, the overall story, though, is that the two characters are in a routine. Yeah. So there's a safety inside yeah. that, and a great place to then explore the sense of change. Yeah. yeah. Because at the beginning, you feel that there may, for a very long time, have yeah. been something very similar happening. Yeah. And then. And, and my character, he has his face washed and hair combed. It's what happens to a child mm-hmm. at that age. Yeah. They're, they're have their face washed or they're learning how to wash themselves and mm. things like that. So then what's <coughs> the difference then with working say 9, 10, 11 years um, old? Well I suppose you know two to four year olds they don't they don't nec- well two year olds don't necessarily need a story a three year old can handle a story and a four year old can definitely handle a story mm-hmm. um, a nine year old is is a different league in terms of story they're you know complex emotions like in terms of pond life it, it's it's again the line of inquiry is like well, how do you 
how do you survive school a little bit I think it's you know it's quite difficult and in that in the in the early years shows I'm quite happy to sort of work as the writer but in terms of something like Pond Life where it's you know it's a 45 minute text I I I um I bring in somebody else so Jill Jill's a great dramaturg and and, and Rob Rob wrote it and it's really Rob's writing even though the idea is 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 a, a tiny one that I had ages ago but then we developed it within the room and we developed situations and we brought lots of our own ideas to it lots of our own history to it actually but um yeah so I think that is quite different it, it's less about visual storytelling mm-hmm. in that particular piece but then in the voice thief I don't know I didn't see it so Mm, tell us about the creation of the voice thief because that's a very different piece. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, it's quite dark <laughs> and site specific. <clears throat> and site specific is a promenade piece in uh-huh. which they, the audience, in a sense, become the, like part of the story. Mm-hmm. They're not passively sitting there watching a theatre piece. And in fact, what happened is that when children arrive and they start off on that journey, is almost you can feel them getting more and more sucked in, and they forget. Yeah. The world outside, and they get drawn into the story. So that in the end, they were totally immersed in it, and and uh, it was amazing to see. Mm-hmm. And it did become quite dark as it m- moved on, but um, and they did get frightened. But <laughs> did, you, did you storyboard that, or how did you? How did you? <clears throat> yeah, we did sort of storyboard. It was quite a com- quite a long process. I mean, it started. Like, oh, I think about. It seems like almost two years ago, mm-hmm. and it had various development periods. And it, then Rob came in and worked it in the final area of development, the biggest area, mm-hmm. period of development, and wrote it within what was being devised. Mm-hmm. He's very generous to have yeah. in a room as well, Robert. Very generous. Well. He's, you know, he he thinks he's, yeah. he, he's he thinks quite differently, and he's quite happy to sort of go actually. Words don't always need to tell mm. the story. There could be something else that could make it more interesting. And sometimes you need something just so that you, so that you hear the words again. Something. Sometimes you need to go away from it, mm-hmm. so that you surprise people. And you go, actually, what's the best way to tell the story? Is the best way mm. to for somebody to tell you what's going on? Is the best way for a dialogue? Is it best for somebody to run around the room with a with a bag mm. on their head? Do you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> what what is the best way to tell the most interesting way to tell the story? Yeah. And constantly remembering the audience has got to kind of come into that I mean I think as a writer also he doesn't sit on the outside of the process he's not sitting writing on the periphery no he immerses himself so he, sometimes he takes on the roles and yeah too it. much <laughs> <laughs> we did an improvisation we did well. an improvisation for um for pond life and he um he sat there and pretended to be a uh, we, we were doing it as a fact-finding mission, being in the cla- in the staff room, and Rob just totally took on a character. He, he was he was a woman with a cigarette, and I was like, Rob, what on earth are you doing with the two of us? Jill and I were just killing ourselves laughing. You know, what on earth are you doing? <laughs> right. He's like that. Well, we're improvising. I was like, we're trying to find information. <laughs> he was just having a lovely time. But he's brilliant. He's brilliant yeah. in the room. He's great. You can feel um, with all of Catherine Will's work that I've seen, the sense mm. of collaboration is so strong. Yeah. I think every design element, nothing feels. Um, yeah. It, isolated from anything else yeah. and you can feel that sense of playfulness yeah. come off the work so I can imagine that the yeah. rehearsal rooms are just full yeah. I mean white was like yeah. white was like that in the way it developed and 
ideas coming in and shifting and changing and it was actually a bit of a dream team yeah yeah i mean that's the thing is i mean shona rapper makes her own work and and, and i mean to say she designed it is, is is not right because she was actually part of it she was collaborator on it and same with danny crass and you know and, uh, it's and also and craig and, who did the design the lighting and, and we we were in enough that we could actually go uh, let's put cardboard boxes up where we think houses are going to be let's shift them let's move them around let's and, and Ian and I would come back and kind of go well actually there's we, when we start to improvise what would we want to be in that box and you know and then and then and then we change it around slightly and then we uh, so and then Jonah would come in and go oh actually I'll take that idea and I'll develop that idea mm. so it was a nice it was a nice process and Jill was in was, was, was with us at the start was able to see what we were doing then went away for a little bit and then came back towards the end and that was a really nice thing yeah. as well because it meant that she she was she got enough distance on it to look at it and go right that doesn't read this does read this you know it was so I think in in terms of processes one of the best processes mm. uh, I've worked on really great I'd yeah. like to ask you both work with young people creating theatre for young people mm. um, why what is it that makes you love that form I, I love it because the form can change so much you know mm. I I can do a show sitting on, I've done a show sitting on the floor with thirty children watching me with me in a cardboard box and a watermelon uh, I can burst into a classroom I can do a main stage show I can do something here you know where we've got an audience of 60 mm-hmm. in a studio theatre and I, and I and I love that and I, and, and I love the fact that you all those different ages require different things so it's you, you, uh, I, I never I never get I never get bored of the audience or I never get bored because it because it's my if I was bored then it would be my own boredom because <laughs> that, it's, you know yeah there's also also some often a very direct and honest response from yeah. young people I think yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't get away with it no you know. no you can't <clears throat> they'll say to you you've got to be absolutely straight with them otherwise it just yeah. yeah it was so wonderful seeing the children respond today especially kind of once the piece had come to its end and mm-hmm. that they were just absolutely enraptured by the two of you and I think it is that honesty yeah. that they trust yeah. so much yeah because when they come I love that right at the end when they can come up and talk to us mm. I mean that's yeah. part of it yeah we, bo- of we both really enjoy I that don't that. we yeah. we chat yeah. we chat forever yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we, eventually, we eventually have to go alright we, we've got another show now we better stop you know but um, I just want to let the listeners know that you are both sitting here um, speaking so eloquently <laughs> about your practice dressed in white dungarees made out of bath mats <laughs> which is your I know, costume I know, I know. see we're, we're just staying in our costume all the time now yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. We're going to we're going to New York next year. And, That's uh, what I was just going to yeah. ask. Oh really? Oh next? yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to New York next year, and we've been to New York before, and we went at the same time of year, and we went to um, Halloween Parade, which obviously is a big thing in America, but particularly big in New York. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're hoping to take an old set of costumes so that we can wander through as Cotton and Wrinkle in the <laughs> in the Halloween Parade. <laughs> That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. We did make a little film the first time in there out, and we were out in Times Square dressed like this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We did it as well in we New York. Is just <laughs> we did it in Beverly Hills as well, yeah. didn't we? We, yeah. we, went we went shopping. We went shopping in Beverly Hills, so we did a little video for yeah in our costumes. <laughs> and, and I and I had a little bit where I was like thinking, oh, I don't really want to do it today. But anyway, we got out and we did it, didn't we? Yeah, you're always fine about it. You don't care. <laughs> <laughs> there is also the white app as well. Like yeah. Yeah. With yeah. Today, yeah, which yeah. is a fantastic yeah. idea. Which is a beautiful reflection of the show, visually. Yeah. It really reflects the show. What's yeah. interesting though now is that, that we get a lot of children who are coming to the show 
having played with the app and now are going to want to see the show mm-hmm. so that's kind of interesting it's kind of like it's quite because we thought it'd be a sort of resource at the end I was like the idea of um, extending the performance so when we did it at the book trust we, we had when you came down the venal there was loads of sort of white stuff in the garden mm-hmm. and white objects are on top of the wall and when we came when the children came out those objects had changed to coloured ones and they stuck right. to and it's nice to have that thing where the show continues yeah. um, so that's what, what the main reason for the, the app was but now it's sort of doing its own thing as well mm. which is really lovely it's brilliant yeah. yeah thank you so much no worries lovely thank you to spend time with you <laughs> yeah thank you We hope you enjoyed this podcast from the Traverse Theatre Edinburgh. For more information, please log on to www.traverse.co.uk.